you have your Bibles, if you'll turn to Luke, the 21st chapter, and I'll start reading in verse 12. This is Jesus speaking, and it says, But before all these, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and into prisons being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. And it shall turn to you for a testimony. Settle it therefore in your hearts, not to meditate before what ye shall answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom, which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. I pray that you'll forgive me as I studied this out this week, it was probably one of the most powerful demonstrations of the Spirit for me personally. And I ask God for that sometimes, that things that maybe get calloused to us at times, that He will take those calluses away from us and let us, for lack of a better word, feel His presence, His Spirit, just to be moved more. Amen. When we hear about mercy and grace and all the goodness of God, and I think if we really could wrap our minds around it, uh, it would probably be very difficult to compose yourself to put together a sentence. But we do go callous to it at times, and maybe the Lord has answered that prayer this morning. And I think that was evident with Brother Steve's prayer, and hopefully with my studies this past week. But in Luke, the 21st chapter, we see the Lord giving His apostles something that at the moment they probably do not need, but they will need it desperately in the future. And it's something that will be very powerful to them. It will be something that is very powerful to all those that witness it. And it's something that still lingers today that we draw strength from. And as he gathers some of his apostles together there, he gives them some very uh, scary, fearful news and what their ministry, what lays in wait for them during their ministry. And he tells them that there's going to come a time that they're going to lay hands on you and they're going to persecute you. They're going to deliver you up and they're going to put you in prison. They're going to bring you before very powerful, intimidating men who with the stroke of a pen can have your head taken off. And they're going to do that because of your faithfulness to me. But notice verse 13. And he says in the midst of all that, what well, would be a very difficult time for you, a very scary time for you, he tells them it shall turn to you for a testimony. And that's what I want to speak to you for just a few minutes this morning about. The word testimony there means something evidential, something with some evidence to it. 
And he tells them in the times that it gets very difficult and for my name's sake, you are taken before these mighty men and they're going to do things to you that should make you very afraid, should make you want to leave and quit and run and to leave my name behind. At the end of all of that, it's going to become something that the Lord qualifies as evidence Now, we walk a lot by faith because the Bible tells us that, that we walk by faith, not by sight. But he says, I'm going to give you through these times some evidence. And then he gives them something very precious to them. And he gives them peace. And he says, when you get in those moments between now, when I'm telling you this and the time that this actually comes to fruition, Don't rack your minds and and worry in your minds about how you're going to handle that. Don't fret about it. Don't sit down and practice what you're going to say. Don't stand in front of the mirror and, 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 you know, rehearse what you're going to say when you're standing before those kings. Because to me, that would be a a very large burden. Like, Lord, what am I going to say? I don't want to misrepresent you. I don't want to sound like, uh, you know, I'm wavering in my faith. I want to stand before these kings and these magistrates and I want to be bold and I want to represent because it is because I wear your name that I'm there to start with. And he says, don't worry about it. He says, you need to settle it, therefore, in your hearts, not to meditate before what you shall answer. And he says, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. Sleep well, apostles. I'm not going to lie to you and tell you from here on out it's going to be all, you know, know, birthday parties and, and, and fluffy soft pillows. It's going to be very difficult. And I can't tell you that's not going to happen. But what I can tell you is when you stand in front of them, I will give you something in, in those moments that you don't need now, but you will need it. And I think that would have brought a lot of peace to their minds. Amen. Flip over to Acts, the sixth chapter, for just a moment, and let's watch this play out. Yeah. Acts, the sixth chapter. And starting at verse 9, it says Then there arose certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines and the Cyrenians and the Alexandrians and of them of Sicilia and Asia, disputing with Stephen. Now notice this. Here's Stephen, who maybe, you know, he's not considered an apostle, but you don't, I mean, don't you know that those apostles spread the word of what the Lord had told them in the 21st chapter of Luke? Don't you know they talked to all those faithful followers of the Lord and says, let me tell you what the Lord told me told us he says there's coming a time that because of who we who we serve and who we walk after they're going to deliver us up but god said don't lord said don't worry about what you're going to say in those moments and here i i feel in my mind i'm certain that at some point that crossed stephen's ears and maybe one of the apostles told a friend who told a friend who told stephen and here you have stephen Living out what the Lord has described in the 21st chapter of Luke. 
And he is brought before all those of the synagogue and a, a great host of people and some very powerful people. And do you remember what the Lord told him back in Luke, the 21st chapter? He says, I'm going to give you a mouth and I'm going to give you wisdom. And when you speak, they will not be able to stand against you. And so Stephen becomes comes before all these people. And it says, and they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. He said, Luke, why are you so moved by that? God's promises ought to move us. But especially seeing him hold true to those promises ought to move us. And don't you think, Stephen, as he stood there before this mass of people and they're, they're saying all these things to him and then he sees the more the conversation goes that he sees they cannot stand against the wisdom that the Lord is flowing through me right now. God is faithful to his promises. And then they do to him what they do to the Lord or did to the Lord is they got to find a bunch of liars, a bunch of people to make up stuff. That's a standard in the, in the devil's playbook. And so it says, and all they sat in the council looking steadfastly on him, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. This is no ordinary Stephen. This is a Stephen who is experiencing and living in this moment the promise of God to look, Stephen, settle it in your heart and don't you meditate on what you need to say. I'm going to flow through you in ways I've never done before for you. So much so that the Bible tells us that his face was the face of an angel. And then in Acts, the seventh chapter, listen, if you don't like reading the Old Testament, if you think it's boring and you want the Cliff Notes versions of the Old Testament, read Acts, the seventh chapter. Listen, this brother Stephen, clearly filled with the Spirit of God, he lays out the best summary of the Old Testament in one chapter that you will ever read. It is incredible. I mean, maybe... You know, maybe he was one of these extremely smart people that just had a, a, a mind to remember all those things. But you know what? I know how the Lord works because I've read the Bible and I doubt it. Because the Lord was showing off through Stephen. Amen. That's how the Lord does it. Remember we talked about earthen vessels? He probably picked a guy who didn't have a whole lot uh, of maybe intellectual knowledge. That's at least what I think. And he really shines through Stephen. And so Stephen goes on and on and on and on and on. And then in chapter, uh, verse 54, that same chapter, it says, When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus Standing on the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried with a loud, then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord. 
and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Have you ever been so focused on something that things that would normally cause you a lot of discomfort, you don't even notice? Have you ever, have you ever had that happen? I have. I've been out working in the yard or in the woods before, and I've been so focused on, on what I was doing. I go back to the house, and Tiffany or the kids will be like, look at your arms. And there will just be scratches and blood all over. And I never felt them. Because I was so focused on what I was doing. If you notice, in, in Acts the 7th chapter, these people drag Stephen out and they begin to stone him. Before they stone him, and the main reason they stone him is because he declares something that he sees and they can't stand it they already don't like him but they really don't like him when he says i see the heavens opened up and the son of man not kneeling not sitting standing you can make your own conclusions about why you think he was standing i think he was standing because of the same reason we stand when we're in awe of something. And so they take him out of the city. And he is looking up at Jesus. Standing at the right hand of the Father. And if you'll read this. And you'll notice. He took a stoning. Standing up. He was stoned. While he stood. He wasn't tied up. He wasn't laying on the ground. He was standing. Why, how can you stand when stones are being pummeled at you? It's because you're so focused on something that these other little things don't even register with you. Amen. Now, his physical body obviously eventually gave in to this. But it says they stoned him and right before he dies, he kneels down. Amen. You see, he took it standing up. Why do you think he took it standing up? Because the same God that had been flowing through him as he spoke to all these people who were gnashing their teeth at him was still with him. Amen. And there comes a point that Stephen kneels down and it's such a picture of what the Lord did. You think the, the, the disciples, the apostles didn't learn something from the way that the Lord handled death? Because Stephen does the same thing. He kneels down and he, he says, Lord, receive my spirit. He says, don't lay this to their charge. Who does that sound like? It sounds like the Lord. <clears throat> and so he gives up his spirit. Now, here's where I want to close with this. Peace. Peace is a valuable thing to us. And it is a wonderful gift that the, that the Lord gives us. To be able to feel peace. To have the promise of God that says when you should be in a situation where you don't feel peace. As it says in Philippians the fourth chapter, there is a peace 
that passeth all understanding. Now there is a peace that we that is logical, right? There's a peace that we understand to to know that you have money in the bank gives you a sense of peace. Well, that makes sense to me to know that there's food in the pantry and the, the feeling of comfort and peace that you have from that. It makes sense to me. It makes sense to me when you have a peace because the doctor just gave you a clean bill of health. That's a peace that is understandable. But the Lord is talking about a peace that goes against our understanding. It, it surpasses our understanding. Does it not surpass your understanding to say, I can stand here on my own two feet and take stone after stone after stone after stone and be so in love with what I'm looking at that I don't even feel them until my physical body just about has had all it can stand. You see, the physical body knelt, but not the spirit. You see, it was his physical body that took that eventually just went down to his knees. But his spirit was was stronger at that moment than it had ever been. And he was at peace. If you knew today that you were going to be stoned to death, would you feel a peace? Probably not, because that's a peace that passes our understanding. Now, why, why do I why do I say those things? Why do I say these things this morning? It's because life is difficult. And life can be tragic. And there are things that can come into our life that we feel like in our imagination before they ever happen, this would break me. You know that there are a husband or maybe a wife who've been happily married 20, 30 years. And one day one of them gets up and says, I'm done. And they leave. Folks, that's hard. What about standing over the casket of a loved one? That's hard. There are a lot of things in life that are tragic and hard to us. But the Lord has promised us something that He promised those apostles. Is that I can give you a peace that passes all understanding. And brothers and sisters, when you have a peace that passes all understanding, you have a testimony. Amen. And that's what the Lord told them. I will turn it to you for a testimony. An evidence that I am here and I work in the lives of my people. Before I came to the Primitive Baptist Church, one of the things that that um, we used to to do on Sunday nights and I always felt like it was because the preacher uh, didn't have anything to preach on but he would get up in in the pulpit and he would say uh, tonight we're going to have testimony night some of y'all probably remember testimony nights and it was just a time where people in the congregation stood up and gave some evidences of how the Lord had worked in their life and I got to tell you I think when you come to church, there ought to be some preaching. Don't get me wrong. But that was some of the most moving, most powerful times is when I heard God's people stand up and testify, give a testimony of how he had given them a peace when they shouldn't have had a peace or how he had delivered them when they expected no deliverance. 
And maybe we don't do that enough in our daily lives is just stand up and say, let me give a testimony of what the Lord has done for me. Because the Lord has been good to us. You may not need a peace that passes all understanding right now, but I bet you will before you lay your head on your deathbed. And in those moments, you ever seen a mom and a daddy lose their child and you cannot wrap your mind around? <clears throat> How are you even standing up? Or, or, or the spouse who was, who, uh, the person whose spouse left him. How are you even functioning? It's because God is true to His promises. Amen. And He gives us a peace that passes all understanding. Right. I hope that's been encouraging.